So we'll go ahead and get started. I call this meeting to order. Roll call. Baker. Here. Carlson. Parker. Here. Russo. Swaggard. Here. Um, now I'll read an opening statement that describes the board and the procedures. The Board of Adjustment is a quasi-judicial body created by the City of Iowa City according to state statutes. The Board's purpose is to decide on applications for variances from the zoning ordinance, appeals of decisions of city officials, and applications for special exemptions requested under the zoning ordinance. The Board of Adjustment is an independent volunteer board made up of Iowa City residents and is not part of the city administration. We are assisted in our work by the city attorney's office and by planning staff. Prior to this meeting, board members received the materials submitted by the applicants and staff reports reviewing the application and any correspondence submitted by members of the public. Board members have not discussed the application or its merits with each other, staff, the applicant, or any other members of the public in advance of this meeting. All consideration and discussion by the board takes place in open meeting here tonight where we also have an opportunity to hear from the public. The board bases its decisions on facts and evidence allowed by city code presented in open meeting. Concise and truthful testimony helps us a great deal in our decision making. We ask that if you wish to speak, that you come to the podium, print your name and address on the sign-in sheet, and speak clearly into the microphone so your testimony can be heard by all present and by our minute taker as all testimony becomes part of the public record. We ask that the proceedings be orderly and that when you are testifying, you address your remarks to the board. If this hearing becomes lengthy, we may ask that testimony be focused on new facts or on information not already presented. The order of proceedings for each application will be an oral report by staff summarizing the issues of the case and staff's recommendations an opportunity for the applicant to speak, an opportunity for any other interested parties to speak for or against the application, an opportunity for final statements and arguments by the applicant and staff. The board will discuss the issues and evidence, state its findings, and vote on a motion. Motions are always made in the affirmative. So the first item on our agenda, <coughs> EXC 23-0008, an application submitted by Missy Forbes of Community Coordinated Child Care, parentheses, four C's, and parentheses, requesting a special exception to allow a daycare use in a low-density, single-family residential RS5 zone for the property located at 1839B Street. Uh, Madam Chair, I just want to let you know that I've talked to Kurt, who has talked to the city attorney, about a possible conflict of interest on this item since my son is on the board of directors of this organization. But we have decided that uh, as long as I can be objective and impartial, it should not be a problem. And he and I have had no communication whatsoever about this issue. All right, the public hearing is open and we'll have staff report. Thank you. So, as discussed, this is to allow a, a child care use at 1839 B Street. Uh, you can see it on the location map before you right now. Uh, it's located uh, east of 7th Avenue, south of Court Street, to kind of give you an idea, near Chaddock uh, Green Park. Uh, the primary access to the property is from B Street, which is to the north of the property. 
Uh, it's also a bit unusual in that there's an alley to the south that exits uh, onto Fifth Avenue and Garden Street, but it does bisect this property. So uh, there's a portion of the lot that's north of the proper or north of the alley and a portion that's south of the alley. Uh, the property is in a lower density single family neighborhood, uh, which is reflected by its uh, RS5 zoning or low density single family residential zoning. So in terms of what's being proposed, uh, four C's has an offer to purchase the, the subject property at 1839 B Street to use as a child care. They've indicated an interest uh, in using it for up to 120 children. Uh, the property is an older property, it was built around 1960 as a church, but it's been used as a fraternal lodge by the Independent Order of Oddfellows since around 1974. Uh, it was built prior to its current zoning, so there are several legal nonconformities that are allowed to continue uh, as, long as, uh, as long as the building isn't expanded or structurally altered. Uh, and the applicant is proposing several sets of site improvements as well. So I just wanna bring up the site plan to talk through these. So for the most part, vehicular access will be the same on that north portion. Uh, one of the big changes is that the drives to the west of the building would become one directional, so you would enter it from B Street and go south down to the alley. Uh, another change is that there would be a pedestrian connection that would be added through the site all the way from the right of way uh, to the portion of the property that is south of the alley. Uh, there would be a demarcated crossing over the alley as well. Uh, and in addition, that south portion would also have a new parking area that would be added as well as a play area. Uh, again, those would have access with that pedestrian site. Uh, it's also hard to see on here, but the alley is proposing to add landscaping screening, which complies with our current standards. Uh, and then also the alley is showing, or the applicant is showing alley improvements as well from the property line east over to Fifth Avenue. Here's a picture of the current property looking south from the street, so you can see uh, the abutting sidewalk uh, or the current pedestrian path to the building, uh, that would be extended through the site. There is currently no east-west sidewalk in front of it in the public right-of-way. Um, you can also see this from the rear. This is looking west in the alley. Uh, it is currently paved, so it's hard to tell which portion of the property is actually the private property and which is the alley, uh, but that's the portion that would be improved. And you can also see the rear of the building there as well. So tonight, the role of the Board of Adjustment is to approve, approve the conditions or deny the application based on the facts presented. Uh, and to approve it, the Board must find that it meets all applicable approval criteria, including specific uh, and general standards. So the specific standards pertain to the daycare use and the general standards apply to all special exceptions. So when we're talking about these daycare standards, they're found in the city code at 144B47. Uh, there are several of them. Uh, the first is that there are required interior activity areas uh, that must contain at least 35 square feet of usable interior floor space per child. There are certain excluded areas, which are mostly uh, bathrooms, offices, and, and out, uh, hallways as well. So in terms of this subject property, uh, it's a pretty large property, so it has nearly 7,800 square feet of usable interior floor space. Uh, theoretically, that could accommodate up to 222 children. Uh, it is more restricted based on the parking and some other site elements uh, than its floor area. Uh, like I said, the applicant proposes using it for a child daycare use with up to 120 children, so it's well below the maximum uh, that would be allowed. Next is required outdoor areas, which is that the child care use must provide a fenced outdoor play area of not less than 100 square feet per child based on the maximum at any given time. Uh, there are setbacks for playground equipment, which is not permitted within side setbacks or the front setback, uh, and these areas must be well-drained, free from hazards, and readily accessible to the daycare center. It also must have a fence that encloses the child care area or the outdoor play area that's at least four feet in height. So the property is zoned residential, so that four-foot standard applies. Uh, all playground equipment shown on the site plan is located outside of those uh, restricted areas. Uh, and the site plan does include an outdoor play area that's uh, approximately 2,156 square feet, so that could accommodate up to 21 children at a time. Uh, it's surrounded by a four-foot fence, as indicated on the site plan, uh, and is also accessible by a pedestrian path with the demarcated crossing in the alley. 
Uh, I also did just want to note that in terms of outdoor play areas, it's within easing walk, walking distance of that Chattuck Green Park as well. Uh, but based on this, uh, staff does believe that this uh, standard is met. Uh, there is a possibility that the play area could be expanded in the future, which would allow more kids outside as well. Uh, for vehicular circulation, the use must provide a drop-off pickup area in a location that is convenient to or has good pedestrian access to the main entrance of the facility. Uh, it has to contain sufficient stacking and parking spaces as well to ensure that it doesn't back up into adjacent streets. Uh, in terms of the way that that's structured, I already discussed it. It's expected to flow in one direction from B Street to the north down to the alley uh, and exit east onto Fifth Avenue. Uh, the alley is currently unimproved, so the, the site plan that shows an improved alley, staff does recommend that that be a condition of approval of tonight's special exception. Um, in terms of ongoing maintenance, that's handled by adjacent property owners, uh, mostly putting that as a heads up for folks. Uh, the subject property does have 29 parking spaces on it. 15 of those are in the new spaces south of the alley. And then there are uh, 14 existing non-conforming spaces north of the alley, some of which are in front of the building. Uh, the site also has seven stacking, stacking spaces that are west of the building on a nine foot wide one direction drive. Um, and all parking and stacking spaces are connected to the building uh, with pedestrian routes. So staff does believe that this criterion is met. Uh, there are also, continuing with this criteria, uh, the minimum parking requirement for this is one space per employee based on the max employees on site at any one time, one space for each 10 kids uh, served by the max number of children on site at any one time, and then one stacking space for each 20 children served by the max number of children on site at one time. Those can also, the 20 children for stacking spaces can also be switched out for parking. Uh, but I, like I noted earlier, the parking is the primary limiting factor in this building. Uh, based on the stacking spaces provided, you could have up to 140 kids. Uh, however, it is adequate to accommodate the 120 children that are proposed in, in addition to 17 staff members. But that final number of spaces would be determined by the actual number of staff and children on site, which could vary over time. Uh, the applicant also anticipates that many family and staff will access the site by walking, biking, or bus, because the property is about a quarter mile, or less than a quarter mile from the nearest transit stop, uh, and the site plan does show bicycle parking that meets the minimum requirement on the site. Next uh, is tied to pedestrian circulation, which is that a sidewalk must be constructed connecting the main entrance of the center to the adjacent uh, public right-of-way. It must be clearly separated from vehicular circulation to minimize uh, uh, conflicts between the two users, vehicular and pedestrian. So there is uh, a sidewalk that already exists from the main street to the public right-of-way. Uh, there is no sidewalk along the B Street right-of-way, so it, it leads to the street, not to a sidewalk, but it is there. Uh, the site plan also proposes new sidewalks with raised curbs through the property along the west and south sides of the building. Uh, that helps minimize the extent to which users must walk across drives or aisles. Uh, staff does also recommend a condition that any new pedestrian routes through the site have a raised curb to help ensure pedestrian safety. So in, in this criteria, it doesn't specify that it has to be a raised curb, but staff would recommend that that be a condition of approval. Uh, next is related to site development standards. So if it's located in a residential zone or the central planning district, it must comply with the multifamily site development standards uh, in this title. Uh, in this case, the proposed use is in both the residential zone and the central planning district, so it has to comply. Uh, the building and site do meet some multifamily site development standards, but not standards related to the location and design of surface parking, mechanical equipment, and additional standards in the central planning district. Uh, that being said, all of the existing non-compliant features are either considered elements of a non-conforming structure or non-conforming development. So that means that a change in use can occur provided it does not increase or extend the non-conformity. In this case, it does not. Uh, and all changes to the site being proposed, uh, specifically with the new site uh, elements being added, uh, those do comply with current zoning standards. So staff does believe that this criteria is met. Which brings us to the general standards that apply to all special exceptions found at 14.4b3. There are seven of these. So the first is that it can't uh, be detrimental to or endanger public health, safety, comfort, or welfare. Uh, it is an existing building that's been around for a long time. 
and that the building and site characteristics are well suited to a daycare use uh, with the conditions discussed uh, through this presentation. We do believe that that helps mitigate any potential impacts due to increased traffic. Uh, and we believe that the proposed use will provide services that are beneficial to the neighborhood and the community as well. So with that, staff believes that this criterion is met. The next standard is related to uh, whether it will be injurious to the use and enjoyment of other property in the immediate vicinity or substantially diminish or impair property values. Uh, it is located in an existing building. There are no changes being proposed to that building. Outdoor play areas are relatively small and set back and screened from adjacent properties, which staff police will help mitigate noise impacts. Uh, additional traffic will be generated by the use, but it'll be during business hours uh, and the proposed traffic flow and site layout with the recommended conditions uh, staff believes will uh, help mitigate these potential negative impacts. Uh, in addition, with the new parking areas that are south of the alley, those are adequately set back and screened from abutting uses according to our standards. Um, but staff does recommend that the S2 screening shown on the site plan uh, be a condition of approval as well. Since that is an element that's being brought into conformance with our zoning code, it would not be required as a non-conforming development. So that's where, why we're recommending that it be a condition of approval. But with that condition, staff believes that this criteria is met. Next is that it won't uh, affect surrounding development, uh, the orderly development and improvement of surrounding properties, that is. Uh, it is an area that's fully developed as a residential neighborhood, and it's occupying an existing structure that's been around since the 1960s. Uh, it will provide beneficial services that staff doesn't believe will substantially impact the development or improvement of surrounding properties. Uh, and we believe that the conditions will help mitigate any potential negative impacts for those surrounding properties. So with that, staff believes that this criterion is met. Next is that it has uh, adequate facilities. Uh, it is an existing area, so it has utilities, access roads, and other facilities already provided and established. And it was largely developed without sidewalks, but there is a pedestrian connection to the right of way and through the site. Um, we believe that conditions help ensure that the infrastructure can handle increased traffic volumes specifically along that alley. Uh, and any changes to site features will be evaluated for compliance with city standards at site plan and building permit review, including those related to drainage. So staff did consider requiring a sidewalk in front of the building as well, since that's not something that's provided in this area. But because it's a condition where it's the broader neighborhood that doesn't have sidewalks, adding a sidewalk specifically in front of this one building, uh, staff doesn't believe that that's necessary to improve uh, the safety of the area as well. So I, I did just want to note that verbally, it was not included in the staff report, but that's why we didn't look at that. Uh, the next standard is related to uh, ingress and egress design to minimize traffic congestion on public streets. So like I had noted, uh, the front is accessed from B Street with the rear accessed from the alley. Uh, most traffic is expected to flow one directional through the site, exiting east towards Fifth Avenue on that alley. Uh, in terms of staff and drop-off traffic, that'll utilize the stacking spaces as well as some of the alley where there's additional parking spaces in the rear of the building. Uh, those are connected to the rest of the building by a pedestrian route and in a demarcated alley crossing. Uh, there is also signage and pavement markings shown to help direct, direct traffic through the site, which will help uh, minimize that traffic congestion. Uh, in addition, the conditions will ensure that the alley can handle anticipated traffic volumes prior to the occurrence of the site based on the way that we are recommending the condition. Uh, in terms of other changes to the site, there are no other changes proposed to the existing street or drive on the portion of the property north of the alley and the new Parking on the portion south of the alley does comply with all current standards. Uh, in addition, I had noted that the applicant anticipates many family and staff accessing it from other modes of transportation uh, and it is near an existing transit stop. So with these factors under consideration, staff believes that this criterion is met. Uh, next is that it complies with all other standards in the zoning code. So like I noted earlier, it, it does meet most standards of the RS5 zone, but it was built prior to the current zoning designation that it has. So there are elements that don't meet current standards. Uh, those are things like the way that parking backs into the alley wouldn't typically be allowed, uh, the width of the aisle in front of the building, uh, the building does encroach into the, the side setback and the uh, need to provide parking lot trees. Um, those are things uh, that, that aren't currently uh, that are currently non-conforming that would be allowed to continue as non-conforming. Um, 
in addition to those site elements I discussed that are part of the multifamily site development standards. Uh, however, this does bring several elements of the site into compliance with current standards, especially with proposed conditions related to, for example, the new landscaping buffers. Uh, and as things change in the future, uh, staff will ensure that any new changes comply with relevant standards during building permit and or a site plan review, which is our, our regular process to check those things. But with those, uh, staff does believe that this is met. And then finally, that it's consistent with the comprehensive plan of the city as amended. Um, as far as the future land use map designation for this area, the comprehensive plan shows it as residential, but the central district plan, which provides more specific guidance, shows it as private institutional. Uh, the comprehensive plan also generally supports providing goods and services within convenient walking distance for residents in the immediate area. Uh, and the proposed exception would convert what is an existing private institutional use to a, another private institutional use. So with that being the case, uh, this is consistent with the comprehensive plan and the district plan as well. So based on these findings, staff does recommend approval of EXC 23-0008 to allow daycare use in a RS5 zone for 1839 B Street, subject to three conditions that I've mentioned throughout the report. But those are uh, that one, design improvements to the alley from the area abutting the subject property to Fifth Avenue to the east, in addition to any pedestrian crossings, be designed to the satisfaction of the city engineer prior to site plan approval, uh, and they must be accepted by the city engineer prior to issuance of a certificate of occupancy. Two, that screening to the S2 standard be provided between parking areas and adjacent properties along the east and west property lines as shown on the site plan that was submitted as part of this application. And then three, that any new pedestrian routes through the site that directly abut parking areas be separated by a raised curb or barrier, barrier that is a minimum of five inches in height. Um, and we did receive some correspondence um, that is included in your packet. Uh, it was generally positive. Uh, we also received some calls, but most of them were asking clarificatory questions. We didn't uh, receive others that came late or anything like that. So. With that, that ends staff's presentation, so I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Any questions for staff? Let's see if Bryce had anything. Bryce, do you have any questions? I think he, do you have a map? Can you show me the raised curve? Do I have to say that until then? Yeah, so the, the raised curb, let's go back to the site plan. So the new raised curb is where you have um, kind of, it's where that cutoff line is here to the kind of the northwest portion of the building. So there is an existing pavement that goes from the site to the main entrance. This would basically carry it around the, or around the property, uh, have it be on the south side of the building and then run it along kind of the east property line there. So that's where we're proposing it would be a raised curb. In addition to, uh, it would need to be separated from the parking area by a race curb as well. But typically with parking areas like that that are new, you would have a curb regardless, so. And then this side of the block does not have any sidewalk on Correct. Any, any of property. Correct. And so if there were sidewalk added, typically what we see in those situations is requiring it as a, or not requiring it, but the city would come back in and build the sidewalk themselves. Um, that's typically what we see. Sometimes if, if, it's, uh, if you have partial sidewalks there, um, we'll require it and it kind of gets pieced the in. the other side of this block, yes, you have stop, go, park, you know, sidewalks. Yeah, so. typically if, there, if it doesn't improve the connectivity, we wouldn't typically require it. We do have the ability to require it through site plan or as a condition of approval here. Um, but, but then it's one off. Yeah. It wouldn't improve the connectivity, really. It, it would possibly lay the groundwork for future connectivity, but. Okay. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, just a couple of questions. Um, I sometimes don't get it the first time around, so you want me to clear it up. On page three, you talk about the um, applicant using a, a figure of 120 
but I think I heard you say that they have the infrastructure parking in particular in place for up to 140. Is that right? So stacking spaces would be 140. With that, I don't think that they can get the staff that they want on site. So that's why I think they're considering 120. And even in some other materials, they, they've talked about 100 kind of being their starting place, but they might ramp that up over time. Uh, so it would really be that trade-off of uh, you know, number of children versus number of staff. Uh, I think that's also a question you can ask, ask the applicant about kind of their plans on that. Um, but it's really parking that is the limiting factor here. Okay. So, so stacking spaces would allow 140. They're proposing 120. I mean, if you're looking at just the building, you could have 220 or whatever I said. So there's an implicit cap of 120 right now. So we, don't, we don't have to make that explicit in the, in the recommendation at all. So it, if you believe that it was necessary to place a cap on the number of children to satisfy one of the approval criteria, it's well within your ability to place, you know, 120 or 100 uh, as your cap. Okay. But uh, staff didn't believe that that was necessary since there's, you know, allowing some flexibility in the way that it's constructed based on the number of parking spaces there seemed appropriate to us. Okay. Um, also on page three, you use the figure of 2,156 square feet um, outdoor area. Does any of that include the paved area south of the alley? It does not. Okay, so that's undeveloped and will be fenced in. Correct. Okay. Um, parking, the paved area that's there now, parking will be used there as in the future? Yes, so they're allowed to continue using the existing parking that they have okay. on site. It's 15 or 17 spaces or 15 spaces? I want to say it's nine plus four maybe or five. No, it's 14, I think. Okay. Um, I'm just, when I was out there the other day looking at it, um, that's not a straight line between the alley on, on one side and the alley on the other side. It comes in at an angle, and so that paved area on the alley towards um, back towards B Street um, doesn't seem to have enough depth for parking places on one end of that paved area. Is there a minimum requirement for the depth of a parking space? It is. It's 18 feet. Um, based on the submitted site plan, it appears that they could meet it. It could also potentially be 15 feet if it were a compact space, uh, but they are showing compact spaces in that portion south of the alley. So they can have half of their spaces be compact. Okay. Um, but I mean, those are the things where with engineered drawings, you know, we rely on the engineer to tell us where the property lines are since they're the ones going out and surveying the site and those sorts of things. So based on the site plan that's been submitted, there appears to be space for that. So the, the two sections of the alley, there, there's a, a right away implicit connecting those two or is it? two separate alleys. I'm not sure I'm following your question. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if, if the, the short spaces on the um, southeast corner. Oh, the southeast corner they're taking out. Okay. So the, the parking spaces that they'd be retaining, those spaces are probably in the alley already and probably not allowed. Um, the only spaces that they're keeping are the ones directly next to the building. Otherwise, everything south of the alley, because they'd be reconstructing the alley, and then they'd build a parking lot to the south of it connected to it. Okay, okay. Um, about that alley, uh, you're talking about improving the alley. Um, what kind of surface is considered an improvement there? Concrete. It, it, it would be your typical alley that you'd see in a new development. Concrete or asphalt? It would be determined by the city engineer. Um, but we would roll, I think they typically do concrete, is my understanding. Yeah, I have a lot of experience with gravel alleys and they just don't work at all. It would not be a gravel alley, which is why we're recommending the condition. Okay. Yeah, and and the, the applicant would pay for the complete paving of the alley? Correct. Even past their property lines? Correct. Okay. But so it would be an off-site improvement that would be required as a condition because of the heavy use of the alley that we anticipate as a result. And the... Um, it says the adjacent property owners are responsible for maintenance and snow removal in the future. Um, so I noticed that there was no good neighbor meeting. I'm just wondering if, if the 
adjoining neighbors are aware. They already have this responsibility, so I assume yeah. that's been taken care of in the past somehow. Uh, but well, I think pe people do get confused in alleys. Those are the responsibility of adjacent property owners. Um, that's the way that it is. I mostly put that in there to make it clear that that's the case, since it can be confusing sometimes for folks. Okay. Um, And from this drawing right here, I mean, it looks like the improved alley goes to, I don't know what direction this is, to the east. East. But it also goes to the west. It does not go to the west. So I think that's, Larry, what you were asking, if the entire alley would be improved. It would not. No, no, I, that, I, was, okay. I was thinking just of that portion leading okay. from uh, the property back to uh, Avenue uh, gotcha. B Street. Um, Um, that's all I got for now. I've got some questions for the applicant later. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Um, the uh, the newly built parking lot it, on the site plan it notes there are eight compact stalls. Do those have to have signs? I believe that they do. Yes. Okay. Uh, my other question has to do with um, outdoor lighting. Mm -hmm. So when I was there, um, two trips, both day and night, um, I noticed there are several floodlights along the roof line. Um, the two in the front were obviously there to illuminate the flag that used to be flown. Mm -hmm. um, but there is one also on the side where the entrance is. Uh, and... When I was there at night, um, or last night, there was just, you know, uh, a light by the door similar to what would be a porch light. There was no other illumination. I'm just um, curious about those floodlights. Uh, do they have to be brought up to current standards? In other words, be shielded. They're not shielded, and I don't know how much light they put, what their lumens are, and all that stuff. Sure. So... If it's an existing feature of the property, it would not have to be brought up to current standards. That could be a condition uh, if it's if the board finds it necessary to to address those issues, bring bring the lighting up to standards. Um, I know that there are exemptions for flags. Uh, right. But well, and it depends whether the applicant intends to continue to f to fly a, a flag. Yeah. Um, they may or may not, and you can also take them down at night, but uh, I'm more concerned about um, light trespass into the neighbor on the yeah. adjacent part of that drive. Yeah, any, any changes to the building would have to be, like if they update the lights or something, then it would be have to be brought into conformance, but just the change in use does not trigger it. Okay, and, and currently there is... Um, a street light in the alley that would illuminate that new parking lot area. Are you aware of any plans for further outdoor lighting? Uh, I am not. That would have to, that would usually be reviewed at site plan review and any new light would have to comply with our current standards. But that could also be a condition if, uh, f for safety, if that is tied to that criteria or a different criteria. It's, it seemed to light up the area fairly well. I just didn't know if there were, if you were aware of additional lighting for that parking lot area. I, I am not. It was not shown okay. in the site plan submitted. Okay. All right. Those were my questions. Um, anybody else have any more questions? Not for staff. This no. time? Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, would the applicant like to speak, come to the podium, sign in, and uh, present any information to the board? Hi, I'm Missy Forbes. I'm the executive director at Four Cs. Um, I would be happy to answer any questions, or I can give you a brief overview of the intention of the project. I'm not sure. Um, I'd like to hear what you... Sure. So um, part of our um, 
part of our mission is to um, look at uh, barriers to um, children accessing uh, quality early childhood educational experiences, um, which we know leads them to be better citizens and students and things like that. Um, one of the things that we have intended to do um, to do intentionally is look within our community to see where there are um, deserts or pockets of, of um, our community where their child care um, isn't accessible or as accessible as it could be. Um, and we identified this particular area of Iowa City to not have um, any, um, not that there isn't close childcare within a mile footprint, but just kind of a closer, um, I think there's about a mile radius where there isn't um, either any child development home or um, childcare center. Um, and then we also identified that it was pretty close to a bus line. Um, and we, um, and then there's a building that um, was for sale. So that was sort of um, all of the points kind of pointed to um, looking, uh, doing a deeper dive into the property um, and what we could potentially do um, to put a childcare center in that, in that part of town. Um, and so that's kind of the, and a higher overview of, of what, um, what we're trying to accomplish with this project. Um, also knowing that, um, affordable childcare for um, families that are, um, you know, e experiencing, a, so they're, they're in a certain socioeconomic um, uh, status, um, have a harder time finding childcare. And so um, part of the project would be to make sure that um, we're taking um, at least 50% of the children there would be um, on the state subsidy childcare assistance as well. So um, while, you know, we are welcome or, or open our doors for any child, we um, are specifically looking to um, tackle the, the problem of not having enough childcare assistance slots in Iowa City. Um, and then um, we know infant care is also hard to find. So we may look at um, modeling our, our program to address the needs of where um, the age ranges are harder to find um, that uh, childcare for that particular age range. It's been um, infant care for a long time, and so we'd probably focus on that too specifically, but um, really being able to um, open up slots in um, Iowa City that, that um, address the uh, child care assistance too, so. Thank you. Any questions for the applicant? And we do also, I brought our civil engineer here also, so if there are questions specifically about the site plan that you may have, he could probably answer that much more succinctly than I could. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. Questions for Missy? Mm -hmm. Well, I have questions about the lighting, mm -hmm. and maybe you don't know because I'm not sure how familiar you are with the building. Um, do you know offhand if you will be putting a flag out on the in the front with the the flag the current flagpole flying the American flag or sure I'm not sure um, what kind of improvements or what we would do currently um, we're just kind of getting through this hurdle sure <laughs> so but I mean I, I, knowing that there is a flagpole there and what the standards are about that we would certainly comply with that. Um, but we haven't done too deep of a dive into some of those improvements like that. Right. And maybe this is a question for, the, for someone more familiar with um, the actual structure uh, regarding the lighting, the outside lighting, mm -hmm. outdoor lighting. You want to talk about that one? Sure. Would you state your name and sign in, please? My name's Bryce Aukin. I'm with McClure Engineering Company, and we're the civil engineering representative for Four Cs. So yeah, um, site lighting we address when we get to the uh, site plan requirements and the site plan submittal with the city. Um, we haven't specifically looked at lighting, but if we were required during that process, we would bring the lighting on site up to code. Okay, so I, so that still leaves me with my question. I'm, I, I, it is not required at this point to bring that up to code by city. So, but you are willing to do that uh, as you look at the, the site plan. 
if we would were to put a condition on it, then it would be brought up to code, correct? Yes, it would be brought up to code. Okay. There is a condition that needed to be met. Okay. All right. While we have him here, any other questions for? Uh, do you plan any uh, improvements in the surface area of the paving around the building at all? I've noticed there's a lot of dips and, and holes, uh, especially in like the southwest corner that needs to be somehow taken account fixed up so we would want to improve the areas that we're able but we don't want to affect any areas that are already non-conforming compliant and no, I'm just thinking just some fill-in stuff here and there the, um, some of the potholes and stuff yeah um, that's something oh. that we would definitely take into consideration to make a safe walkable site and the the playground area is going to be totally enclosed by that four-foot fence, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, thank you. I did have a question, another question for the... Okay. Do you have any questions for him? Not for the okay. site engineer. Thank you. Thank you. Missy, would you like to please come back? We have some more questions for you. Yes. Hi. Uh, in your presentation, you anticipated my first question, which was about your application says that many of the slots would be available. So it's a 15% figure. That's a policy. That's a firm commitment to 15% for... Um, oh, for the um, child, children on child care assistance. That is, uh, it's 50%, so five zero. That's just a model of, um, that just aligns with our mission and something that's just very important to us. So we just want to address the lack of um, quality childhood education for um, primarily low-income children. We seem to find that, and so we just want to address that. And you all operate other child care already, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And is that, that the policy at the other places as well? Um, well, it's not a policy. It is something that we believe is very important. So that um, Home Ties is our child care center that we run, um, and it's it's a blend of private pay children, children on child care assistance, and then we get some funding from the county and the state um, okay. for other children to fill those slots. So in your other locations, have you come close to that 50% mark? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you anticipate that for this particular site yeah. as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Those are the most hard to find in in Johnson County. Um, you talk about how people arrive at your facility. Um, you talk about bus and bike and um, walking. Um, has that been your experience at the other locations? Because uh, my concern is we live in Iowa, and sometimes those other uh, opportunities to get there don't work very well four months out of the year. So. Um, how has been, what has been your experience with access and bad weather? Um, well, I think that this um, particular location is a little bit different than the, where our current center is, and we'll, that center will still remain open. Um, it's always a mix. Um, we also have access to, we have a van um, that currently we use to pick up families um, that are living in shelter because we serve um, at home ties, we serve them in a different way, or the people that live there in a different way. And so we anticipate that we could use the van if there was if there was if there were barriers to access to this particular location um, for families, especially um, you know in the winter months. We um, would certainly address that on a case by case basis because that's also how um, we we operate mission wise. Okay. As well, uh, in your other locations. Um, uh, is it is it correct to assume that your high traffic area times are like early in the morning, it's like seven to eight, and then late afternoon? Is that consistent? I would say pretty consistent. Yeah, pre I mean, like on average, yeah. And so, how do you handle parents dropping off? I mean, do they literally have to park, bring the child in, or is there some other some staff member picking up kids or something so that? I'm worried about parking here because mm -hmm. if they all seem to congregate around the same times, this seems like a very limited space for stack up. And um, so, but you do require parents to get out and bring mm -hmm. their child in. Yeah. And I think in the site plan, that's where the stacking parking um, is 
that is specifically for that drop-off and pickup, obviously knowing that there are going to be more people than nine cars potentially coming at some time. Um, we anticipate, I think also because um, the, the requirements are one parking space per employee, um, we have found that not all of our employees drive, not all of our, um, some of our employees carpool. Um, and so we don't anticipate that all of those spaces will be filled, um, even though we may have 20 um, people working, 20 staff working, they may not all, not all of those 20 spots would be full. So we would have more, um, more parking available than just those nine stacking spots. Okay, if that you. answers your question. I mean, like, we're also kind of just speculating right now. Um, one, of the, one of the things that makes this particular location very attractive is that it is close to a bus line. Um, again, looking at the people that we really want to reach and have access, um, you know, we are hoping that um, the, our great transit system in Iowa City is accessible enough for them to reach that building. So... Um, but again, a lot of a lot of unknowns and a lot of what we, a lot of speculation at this point too. I think so. Great, thank you. Any more questions for the applicant? Okay. Um, at this time, I will open the meeting for public comment. If there are any members in the public who would uh, like to come and speak to the board in support of this application please come to the podium, sign in, and give your name and address. Sign in first. Hi, I'm Susan Eberly. Um, if you could go back to the aerial shot a minute, it would save me. Didn't put an aerial shot at the back of the deck. <laughs> Make you work here. Right. There. I live in the house straight south. My, yard, my backyard borders what will be your parking lot. So I've watched this with considerable interest. The whole neighborhood has. And the thought of having it be childcare is wonderful. And I'm, I'm so pleased to see that. Um, I have some information gathering, partly because people have said if you go into the meeting, you find out about these things. Um, I'm pleased you're going to improve the alley. We worried about that with kids and, and travel. It's an interesting alley. When I walk the dog, I go out a gate at the be the northwest corner of our property, and I cut across. And I know how rough that alley is right now because I take the dog down it. Um, so it would be nice to see that finished off. A question I had was about that gate. That is the access to our backyard. and. It has been the access, to my knowledge, ever since our house was built, I think, in 55 or 56. We've been there since 98. And it's the only access to our backyard because of the way the property is laid out and the way it's fenced. Um, so I'd like that gate to continue to be available to me. And I will talk with you about do we need to put a lock on that gate or something. We, we have an interesting backyard and we have a fish pond and that's an attractive nuisance. And I'd worry about small kids getting over the fence to look at the fish. So I'll talk to you about, about how best to secure that, that gate. Um, I wondered, you talked about S2, the landscaping that will border our fence along the, the north wall there. What is S2 standards? Staff, would you like to? Answer that, please. Sure, I can answer that. So we have basically S1 to S5, with S5 essentially being a wall yeah. and with S1 being, you know, very little landscaping. Uh, S2 is what we use generally to try and shield adjacent property owners from parking, so it somewhat hides that there's parking there. I'm going into the standard now, so I'm also kind of biting myself some time so I could give you a better answer. Uh, generally, it's called a variable height screen, so it depends uh, in height. Uh, there's spacing that's usually around four feet on center between plantings. Uh, some of them would have to be taller, some of them could be a little shorter then. So that, that's the general standard in a nutshell. 
Uh, I can go into more depth if you want more depth. No, and we do. Ha we have hurricane fencing that was there when we got the house in '98. Um, I don't know if it's four feet tall. I don't know if it meets your standard, but and as that all processes, maybe you could kind of keep me posted on what's going to happen in terms of fencing along our. our well, I can I can answer from the site plan. Um, they're showing the fencing all on their property. So there would be a 10-foot gap between the fencing that they're showing and, and your our, fencing. our old fence, okay. And who maintains the space between? It, it would be on their property. Okay, all right. Yeah, right now I have a yard guy who helps me do that, which is, is nice. But, okay, um, I think that's all the questions that, I, oh, I was gonna ask, is the whole site going to be surveyed? We never had it surveyed when we bought the place and I'd be curious to know if that's going to happen. But typically, I, 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 so usually it's surveyed as far as I know when a site plan is done because it's an engineered yeah. product. Uh, they would have to provide an engineered plan for us that okay. gets submitted. Okay, so that'll be interesting since we've never had it done. Well, thank you and welcome to the neighborhood. Okay, anybody else uh, from the public that would like to speak in support of this application? All right, are there any members of the public who would like to speak against this application? Okay. Uh, uh, there's a question I forgot to ask, and I don't know who to ask. Uh, aren't there like some boats parked in that property, the open space back there? Who do those? Who do they belong to? I assume our fellows. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So what happens to those? Excuse me. Would, would oh, you sorry. like to yeah. to come to the podium um, and sign in, please? And uh, we'd be happy to hear your answers about the boats. Can we condition that the boats stay? Well, Four Seas is within their right to keep a boat if they want one. <laughs> they can make it part of their landscaping. <laughs> so my name is Tom Braverman. I'm a secretary for the Odd Fellows Eureka Lodge, number 44, <clears throat> located at 1839 B Street. So members of the lodge make a donation to the lodge to store their boats there. Um, that's currently what's going on. They'll be removed uh, once the once the property is sold. If my nephew will let me move it to the farm. To okay. Great. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, um, any further comments from the applicant or the engineer that's representing the applicant? All right. How about staff? Any additional comments from staff? Nope. Any more questions from the board for staff? Nope. Not yet. <laughs> we're still in public. We're, we're still open, but... But we're getting... Okay. Um, so anybody need any more information before I close public hearing? Okay. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and close the public hearing. We have a motion to consider this exception, please. I can motion. I move to approve EXC 23008. Um, an application submitted by Missy Forbes of Community Coordinated Child Care requesting a special exception to allow daycare use in low density single family residence zone for the property located at 1839 B Street. Second. Second. I'm sorry. Okay, discussion. Is there any interest on the part of the board to put a explicit cap on the uh, number of allowable children? Not especially, because parking. I was going to say, I think parking will... Okay, parking will keep it and, at 140 or under. Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. So the assumption is if they wanted to expand beyond that, they'd have to come back anyway. 
if they wanted to expand the hundred. If they wanted to expand the parking. No, the the. No, just the facility. The, oh, the facility yeah. itself. Oh, they got. Uh, the facility itself space. can accommodate yes. over 200. Mm -hmm. Parking can accommodate 140. Mm -hmm. So if they wanted to go over 140, does that require them coming back for any sort of other exceptions on parking? Sue? Not unless they're making a structural change. If they expand the use. use it's right, when the right. use expands. Not the structure, just the use. Yeah. Does child care expansion? So it would be based on the building. Technically, right. Okay. The structure, yeah. So they could go to the building can accommodate 220. They could go to 200 with the same parking. If they, they'd have to comply with our parking standards. So they couldn't expand beyond the parking. Okay, that's one. Yeah. But if they expand, if there's the some use, mechanism in place that will control the capacity. Okay. That's fine. My, my concern is still the outdoor lighting and um, concern about light trespass into the adjacent property. As, um, I'd be in favor of putting a condition on it that the outdoor lighting must be brought to current standards. Is anybody in support of I can support that. We can probably do that just because light pollution in the back. Not, I mean, the front is fine. I, I don't know. It's unknown if they're whether to fly the flag or not. So more than likely, right. that would maybe be off. Well, and there are there is a floodlight. Um, yeah. At the entrance side too, which yeah. um, would potentially can be, can be annoying at midnight. Correct for the people across the driveway from. Okay. The entrance. That's, that's fine. Okay. So you want to suggest some wording to add to the conditions? Well, it. Um, it would probably be a number four condition, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would just add a condition, and I, I, I would suggest um, just that it be that outdoor lighting be brought into compliance with current city code. Is there any other wording that we want to put in there? No, that's, that's fine. That's perfect. Okay. So we don't need to change the motions then? You would have to do a fourth condition. You'll amend it to add the condition, I think, right? Yeah. Amend yeah. the current motion to... Okay, I would move I that, that I thought that would change the findings of fact or conditions. Well, I think you clearly... Yeah, I think you've got enough findings of fact to support the lighting. There's been enough discussion. Yeah. Okay. I just think when the you is right adjacent properties. Right. But just making sure that the final vote includes one, two, three as presented by staff, plus the fourth one as the chair has suggested, to bring the outdoor lighting up into compliance with the current city code. Okay. Second. And then how how do you guys feel about sidewalks? If we're going to allow children to attend who take the bus and or walk there isn't a sidewalk to get to this facility but understanding that the neighborhood itself does not have sidewalks yeah right i've i've been concerned about that but we we can't require any other property owner to install Correct. sidewalks so it is a very big concern um i mean we could ask add condition five and just have it that one parcel but understanding sidewalks in the future will possibly happen your discussion could also just be forwarded to city council and the planning of cip because there have been additional sidewalks in that neighborhood in the last year or two i would added i wouldn't favor that if if the other properties are not affected. I mean, to me, it seems pointless to put a sidewalk in something. They're going to get to that area and then have a sidewalk um, when the whole neighborhood ought to be under consideration for sidewalks. At the same time, they're walking up a driveway to get to the facility. And, I, I don't, and are there... There's a sidewalk there. Going up to the facility? Correct. Okay. Correct, and putting a sidewalk along the front of the current building 
most people, if, if they're taking the bus, they're going to come up B, and they'll reach the drive and the sidewalk up to the entrance before they would get to any sidewalk in front of the building. No, I understand. It's more of a future thing where sidewalks right. will infill the rest of the neighborhood. But, Sue, how do we forward that to the council? I think the, the council will get your minutes, but we, certainly you could do just an additional sort of memo. Um, it could be from staff saying that as part of this, there was discussion and the board feels that um, it's important for all neighborhoods. Where, I mean, we have a, um, a street It would not policy. be a condition then. Right. I was going to say, how right. do I. That's not a condition. Do I trip a me yeah. memo. You're just telling me to do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and, and Kirk can include it then in your packet for the next meeting, too. Just because it's children, and if we're right. going Correct. to do this entire marketing strategy over walking or taking a bus, I mean, how do children usually, you know, it's conditioning. Right, I'm in support of a, a memo, and, okay. and uh, okay. Any other questions or discussion amongst us about um no it looks like a good project and I'm, you know i think the city and the neighborhood are both going to benefit yeah i mean the questions that i had um were answered by the applicant uh and they talked about uh, child didn't care mm -hmm. desert so the one mile clause and everything within that so 50 percent is impoverished children or of need of further child care is a great thing for these neighborhoods. Okay. All right. So um, can I have a statement regarding finding of facts, please? Um, yes. Um, regarding item EXE 0008 or 23-0008, I concur with the findings set forth in the staff report as of 8 November and conclude that the general and specific standards are satisfied except we want to add the fourth condition, right? Um, to change conditions or add to, two conditions? To, to bring the outdoor lighting up to yeah. current standards. We, as the board, recommend adding the fourth condition of bringing outdoor lighting into city code. All right. Do I have to have a second for that? No. So, um, roll call. Baker? Yes. Carlson? Parker? Yes. Russo? Swigert? Yes. This motion is declared approved. Any person desiring to appeal this decision to a court of record may do so within 30 days after this decision is filed with the city clerk's office. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. All right. We are going to move on now to the second item on our agenda. And that is EXC 23-0004, a request submitted by Jennifer Colville, Porchlight Literary Center, to extend the deadline for a condition that four bicycle parking spaces be installed in compliance with Article 14-5A of the Zoning Code within six months of the date of a decision of the Board of Adjustment was filed for EXC 23-004, a special exception approved to allow a religious-slash-private group assembly use in a neighborhood stabilization residential RNS-12 <coughs> zone, and to reduce the setback requirements at 1019 East Washington Street. Is there an entire staff presentation about this again? No. Okay. Um, it, so it's not a public hearing either. Okay. So I'm so happy I, to. I need a motion. Is there a yes, specific a time that we're? I, I need a motion. Six more months, right? I I can. And may I please have a motion but so we can discuss? To, to move unless it's there, we have a specific. You, okay. you can ask for a staff presentation. I don't want a staff presentation. It will be brief. 
Do we have to have the motion? I, I, before? I'll make a motion. Excuse me. <laughs> I move to approve a request submitted by Jennifer Colville, Porchlight Literary Center, to extend the deadline from six months to 12 months for the condition that four bicycle parking spaces be installed in compliance with Article 14-5A of the Zoning Code within six months of the date of a decision of the Board of Adjustment was filed for EXC 23-0004, a special exception approved to allow a religious-slash-private group assembly use in a neighborhood stabilization residential RNS-12 zone and to reduce the setback requirements at 1019 East Washington Street. Do I have a second? Second. And that was my question, to move it to what? Okay, so discussion. Did you have that all typed out? <laughs> I did. Like, what is? <laughs> what? <laughs> I did. Are you kidding? Yes. <laughs> right. So, six months discussion. Six months would. Uh, it was filed around May fifteenth of twenty twenty three. So that would give her till May fifteenth, approximately twenty twenty four. Anybody think she needs longer or? This is just biking, right? It's a bicycle parking pad. Yeah. That's right. Fine. Okay. She's so probably, we need she's probably not going to do it over the winter. So is May going to be warm enough? It's it's not a big project. No, I, I realize this, but right. An extension is an extension for a reason. So. I don't know construction well enough to know if it's going to be warm enough, um, but I would assume she can have everything lined up. She's got time now to line line everything up and, okay. All right, so no, let's vote. We'll have a roll call, please. Baker? Yes. Carlson? Parker? Yes. Russo? Swigard? Yes. The motion is declared approved. Any person desiring to appeal this decision to a court of record may do so within 30 days after this decision is filed with the city clerk's office. All right, consideration of minutes. Any corrections? I did not look them over. I'm, I apologize. Okay. Well, I need a motion to approve the minutes. Move the, we approve the minutes for the meeting of July the 12th, 2023. Second, I guess. Okay. Let's just take a, a, a vo voice vote. All those that approve? Yes? Yes. yes. Opposed? Okay. Should I say nay just to say it? Well, that would actually cancel it, I think. <laughs> Any staff announcements? Well, you might not for minutes, but. Any staff, staff announcements? announcements. Uh, the next meeting is scheduled for December 13th. We have not received an application yet, so uh, the application is due by Friday at noon, so I'm assuming we will not have a December meeting. I believe that's my only announcement at the moment. Uh, I guess one more announcement. At some point, we need to, to discuss uh, bylaws. We usually try to review those relatively regularly. I know that there are some minor corrections that we have to them that we'd like to see. Um, so maybe we would do that in December if, if we do want to meet then, um, or we can just do it on another meeting that, that looks relatively light, but it shouldn't be anything too crazy. It's nothing substantive. It's more. I was say, it's tweaking. never been more than five minutes ever. It's tweaking around the edges mostly. Yeah. So th that's my only other announcement, just to give you a heads up on that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so. The meeting is adjourned. <laughs>